0: And I just want to welcome back Susie Rowan.
1: Thank you, Nancy. It's wonderful to be here and to get to talk to uh, your listeners this morning about uh, leadership, women in leadership. I just want to say I'm so grateful to God. He's just given me so many opportunities to lead in the cause of Christ. And now, of course, I've entered into a new season of ministry, having just retired as the leader of Bible Study Fellowship. But right now, my heart's desire is to really help other women to take up the torch of leadership in their churches, in parachurch ministry or wherever God calls them to lead.
0: There has been considerable controversy in the church about women in ministry. So one question that's often on our minds is, based on scripture, are women called to lead a ministry?
1: That is a great question, Nancy. And I want to say absolutely. Now, where there are a few areas that may be reserved for men in the local church, all of us are called to use our gifts in the church and beyond. For example, my experience more in parachurch ministry as well as leadership in church ministry. And so we must use our gifts. And certainly leadership is one of those gifts. So uh, I always like to do a little study about um. What our scholars and leaders, Christian leaders, are writing about women in ministry. And Tim and Kathy Keller from Redeemer Presbyterian Church wrote a position paper on women in ministry. And I pulled a paragraph for that. You can find it online if you want to read more. But here's something that may be helpful to uh, women who are wondering about the call to lead. Uh, It says... They, or women, were deaconesses from 1 Timothy 3.11 and Romans 16.2. This meant they were ministry leaders initiating and supervising ministries. So it is wrong, therefore, to say that women cannot be area directors in parachurch ministries or to say that women cannot lead evangelistic, discipleship, educational, or teaching ministries. Tabitha, Acts 9.30, was a leader of mercy ministry to the poor. Yodia and Syntyche, Philippians 4, 2, and 3, were Paul's evangelistic associates. Priscilla discipled and instructed Apollos, that's Acts 18.26, and she led a house church, Romans 16.4 and 5. And then, as in the Old Testament, Exodus 15, Women were prophets and did prophesy. They spoke and prayed in public worship. That's 1 Corinthians 11.5. So that's the quote from this position paper. So I think we can conclude that there are no ministry gifts nor ministries that are forbidden to women. Now, Paul does draw some limits in 1 Timothy 3 about the role of elder. Now, not all churches or scholars agree on the interpretation of this passage, and I'm not asking us to agree on that either. But the main point I want to make is that women are called and therefore must use their leadership gifts in the church, in parachurch ministry, and in society. So how do we know if we are gifted by God to lead, Susie? Uh, So that's kind of the next question I always um, find us asking. Um, Well, I think we go to the scripture and we're reminded clear back in the beginning in Genesis that we are made in the image of God. And who is God? He is the ruler of heaven and earth. And so we are endowed by our creator to rule. You know, Genesis 1, 28 and 29, that's the creation mandate. It's given to both Adam and Eve. And it says that we should be fruitful and multiply and that we should fill, subdue and rule the earth. So every one of us is endowed with leadership as a reflection of God's image, whether we use that gift in our family, in our church, in our workplace, or other settings. So what I think is that we need to believe that about ourselves. And then my experience is is that God also guides us into places to lead. He speaks to our hearts through his word. So as a personal example, I can remember receiving a phone call from a member of the board of directors of Bible study fellowship, and I learned they were seeking God's person uh, to be the next executive director of BSF, and they asked me if I would be willing to be considered Well, after hanging up the phone, I was so flustered, I couldn't even pray. But I sat down and just opened my Bible to the very next passage I was reading in my daily reading. And what was it? God's call to Joshua to succeed Moses. So I knew then I needed to go through that interview process. And, you know, that taught me two things, and I think it's important for us to remember both. Not only that God speaks to us through his word and guides us into leadership through his word, but also through other people. It took a phone call. The phone call had to come. So we look into God's word prayerfully. What is God asking of me? But we also ask ourselves the question, what do others see of me? When have opportunities for leadership in any capacity come to me. I'll never forget the first phone call I had in Bible Study Fellowship. It was over 30 years before I became the global leader. I was just called and asked to be a group leader in the local class. And that was my first leadership opportunity in ministry. And I was privileged to serve as a shepherd leader for just a few women as we studied the Bible together that's how it goes. As leaders, we usually start small. But as we step out in faith and serve, God brings other opportunities to lead. Certainly, I found that true in my life, Nancy, and you're a great leader. I'm sure you found it true in yours as well.
0: Oh, yes. It's very rewarding and it is a privilege to serve. Uh, God in BSF that's for sure so what would you say to women who are given an opportunity to leave but are reluctant to say yes I said yes
1: I'm so glad you did but a lot of women are so reluctant I know it's just so easy to say oh I'm not ready or someone else would be better or I tried it once and it didn't go very well Right now, Nancy, I'm considering an opportunity to write for a publication. And this is helping me because my tendency is to say, I'm not sure I can do that very well. So I get it. Um, And the research tells us that women tend to underestimate their abilities. We can really underestimate ourselves, we can be afraid to fail. We think we're not ready. Why? Because we think maybe we have to be close to perfect before we step out. Related to that goal of perfection is we think we don't have time. And maybe the reason we don't have time is because we're striving for perfection, where if we would just go for it and not worry so much about perfection, we could do so many more things with our time. And so that reminds me about what Paul wrote. To the reluctant and possibly very shy young disciple Timothy. In Second Timothy 1, 6, and 7, he said to Timothy, and God has said this to me, and maybe some women listening will hear God saying this to them, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. What a great example for us. You know, Timothy suffered from a lack of confidence, maybe an inability to commit, or possibly a lack of perseverance. And the same could be true of us. So Paul calls Timothy to courage and conviction in place of fear or timidity. Courage and conviction rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit and the love of the Holy Spirit. So in calling Timothy to step out and lead, we see several confidence builders in this passage of scripture that we too can take to heart. The first is Paul had confidence. He had confidence that God's call, God's hand, God's gifting was on Timothy to lead. So when you see someone who is confident in you, that's an indication that you should take on a leadership role. And then Paul saw the work of God in Timothy to equip Timothy for leadership. He reminded Timothy of his past. He said, look at your background in the scriptures. Your mother Eunice, your grandmother Lois, they taught you from the time you were small. Paul himself reminded Timothy, I have invested in you that you, Timothy, might carry the torch of leadership in your generation. So Paul was really convinced of Timothy's Timothy's living faith. Faith in the living God, of his gift of teaching and leadership, and even more than this, this, the Spirit's gift of power and love and self-discipline. We might kind of combine those things, Nancy, power, love, self-discipline, and call them courage. Courage to face the challenges of ministry and leadership to serve God and those who needed to be led. And then, you know, as I read, that passage in scripture and know that Paul was writing that letter to Timothy from prison. I remember if there was, I wonder if maybe there was one more hurdle for Timothy. Maybe he was worried about being associated with Paul and Paul was highly criticized by both Jew and Gentile, which had led to Paul's imprisonment. But what does Paul say to Timothy inspired by the Holy spirit? Fan into flame, the gift, of God, join me in suffering for Jesus. And today I would say to our listeners, yes, some will avoid you, some will criticize you, look down on you, gossip about you, and maybe even some will try to cancel you, but take courage. Be willing to suffer for Jesus who loves you and gave his life for you. And who will never forsake you." So all that tells me that we um, who lack confidence should take those words to heart from the scripture. If we think we need to be perfect or we're absorbed with our inadequacy, we can lose sight of the calling of God, the gifting of God, and the sufficiency and faithfulness of God. So instead, by the power of the Holy Spirit, We must put off feelings of inadequacy and fear and put on confidence and courage. So to all who are listening, consider the ways God has equipped you, the gifts God has given you, the opportunities that come before you, and then take courage as a follower of Jesus and don't be afraid either of failure. You know, failure is a great teacher. You can learn and improve in your leadership. And also, don't be afraid of a culture that might criticize you. Fan into flame the gifts of God power, love, self discipline. Be courageous. Now, I will say leadership can be tough at times. There were many tough moments in my years of leadership and Bible study fellowship. But when the going gets tough, you can persevere. The Holy Spirit will help you. As Paul said to Timothy, Both God and other believers could be saying to those of you who are listening and watching, this is your time. This is your calling. God made you for this. And he who has called you will give you what you need. But you must discipline yourself to learn much, to study much, to labor in prayer, to labor in service. But the self-discipline you need to do that, God is giving that to you as well. So use it. Turn your opportunities into action and step out and lead. Oh, Nancy, I remember this young woman in a BSF class in Brazil that I led and she repeatedly avoided taking leadership responsibilities, but I saw the gifts in her. And once she finally said yes, she soared. She started as a Children's Leader in Bible Study Fellowship, then she became, became the one who led all the Children's Leaders in Bible Study Fellowship, and eventually she became the teaching leader of a large women's class in one of our major international cities, and she's still serving there today. She's been teaching the Bible and leading that class for over 10 years, and God has used her in amazing ways for his glory and the discipleship of many. Plus, she is absolutely filled with joy in her ministry. And the same can be true of everyone who's listening and watching. As we take action to lead, our confidence will grow. As one person wrote, confidence accumulates through hard work, through success, and even through failure. Well, Susie,
0: what do you say to women who are eager to lead and looking for opportunities?
1: Another great question. And I would say to them, I praise God for you. Let your pastor or other ministry leaders know you are willing. And most importantly, talk to God about it in prayer. Ask him to open doors for the use of your gifts. Now, for those of you who are eager to lead, I wonder if my own story would be a little helpful here, because I was always one that was eager to lead. Action is kind of my middle name, sometimes to a fault. I remember my mother used to say to me when I was in high school, why do you do all the things you do? I didn't even know why I did. I I just liked it all. So even as a teen, certain people were already investing in me, giving me confidence, grandparents, teachers, coaches, community leaders. In high school, somehow I found myself as governor of uh, Girl State. Then I found myself in leadership roles on my college campus. But I had a pride problem. I didn't know Jesus in those days. I thought too highly of myself. I led for my own personal fulfillment rather than for the good of others. I loved the recognition and had little understanding of true servant leadership. I was self-absorbed for sure, and some of that self-absorption got me into trouble until I became a little sick of myself. Maybe you felt like that sometimes too. Well, that's where Jesus met me, in my sin, in my pride, and in my inability to change. So I thank God for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that brought me to Jesus. And then that whole new experience of walking with him and the power of the Holy Spirit who enabled me to change. And then God, who is so merciful, made it clear to me that he had given me leadership gifts. And he still intended to use them but they were going to, he was going to use them for his glory, not my own. But first he had to put me on a new path, the path of righteousness and leading for him and his people. So confidence and courage were not my issue. Character was the problem. And that had to change for me to lead in the cause of Christ. And that started when I studied the Bible and Jesus taught me about godly leadership how to shepherd, how to love, how to care. I'm just reminded, Nancy, of John fifteen thirteen through sixteen. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus said, "You are my friends if you do what I command." I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead. I've called you friends for everything I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. And he spoke to me with this verse so many times. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you how that has been meaningful to me, Nancy, and I hope it will be meaningful to those who are participating with us. Leadership is truly about laying down our fears, our doubts, our pride, and loving God and others enough to sacrifice for their good and God's glory. And so now, Nancy, I'm in a new season. Rather than being eager to lead, I am eager to help other women become leaders for Jesus. So I hope this has helped our listeners to take up a call to lead in ministry.
0: Thank you for watching the call. We hope you learned more about Jesus through this video. You can have a relationship with Jesus. Just invite him into your life, repent of your sins, ask for forgiveness, and make Jesus your Lord and Savior. Until next time, may the Lord be with you. For more information about this ministry, go to the TheCallWithNancySabato.com where we are leading you to Christ through stories and teaching.